Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Nick Hare, Peter Coghill and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing the recent death of Queen Elizabeth II. So, uh, Peter, can you tell me your reaction to the recent passing away of our monarch? Uh, well, just in case she has actually died by the time we've released this, we are uh, deeply sorry for the, the royal family and uh, we wish the new king a very happy and long reign. Um, and deeply we, sorry for making any light of it as well. And making any light of it, actually, yeah. But we, we've been talking a lot about fake news recently and what it, what it tells us about information and how information is shared, how information is reported, um, in light of lots of... Uh, fake news about Hillary Clinton uh, during the election, uh, fake news, uh, possibly fake news around the way that Trump supporters' numbers have been reported at the inauguration. inauguration. Um, lots of, lots of always fake news about climate change and climate change and um, whether or not to believe it or not. Uh, and it, it, to the point now where it's 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 reached a level of uh, of consideration, and the Labour Party has launched an investigation, and a response from from the, the government was that there's going to be an official inquiry uh, into fake news and what it means for social impact and things. Uh, and uh, back in December, Mark Younger, the chief of MI6, said uh, in a speech, a, a rare uh, sort of press engagement, that. Uh, fake news is an effective subversive mechanism that could be used to uh, further aims of um, a government of uh, regimes and governments that we don't like very much. So, so really I mean, what, in, in summary, fake news is a thing. So, so fake news is a big thing, uh, and uh, uh, most people have probably heard of it, but most people, a lot of people, probably don't know what to trust and why to trust it and that's i think what we want to talk about today okay um so chris you look like you want to come in yeah no i i i mean what i'm most interested in is what what is new about fake news what is what distinguishes fake news from what we've always had which is uh lies or misinformation uh and i'm not altogether sure i uh understand the distinction other than um it's technological propagation now through through social media it's much easier to move information around and also some of the new technologies that are coming on board that enable you to um, very convincingly fake photographs or even video of individuals and 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 audio um, so that it actually appears like you're you're witnessing uh, something happening which which never happened but beyond beyond that I, my feeling is we've always had fake news. We've always had our tabloid press and Freddie Starr ate my hamster. Uh, and um, we've always uh, had to deal, even prior to the existence of newspapers, had to deal with trying to verify information we receive as uh, correct or, um, or, or false. Uh, so, so I'm interested in exploring what's new about this phenomenon. Are, are we absolutely sure Freddie Starr didn't eat someone's hamster? I mean, do we know that's not true? Uh, we don't know 100% it's not true, no, because he, he could have eaten eaten a hamster and kept it It's the sort it, of thing it, it wouldn't surprise me if he had done. I don't think he's ever flatly denied it. The, the, story, the story was um, eventually concluded to be false, but that's not to say he didn't eat a hamster on another occasion. I did hear him on, I think it was Desert Island Disc or something similar, and he said it didn't hurt his career, that story. So. Well, no, given that the only thing anyone knows about him is that he ate a hamster once. Um, so, uh, yeah. No, I think, the, uh, I think 
if I had to guess why it's suddenly a big thing, I, I think the key uh, technological change, obviously, in the in the distribution of information has been that it's suddenly free to effectively broadcast. And, um, you know, in the past, news news organisations recognised that they had a sort of long term incentive to try and be generally reliable, to try and not be. And, you know, the newspapers that didn't do that, like the Daily Sport, um, made a made a living out of basically being fairly honest and upfront about the fact that their news stories were kind of made up oh. and they weren't they weren't they weren't seriously attempting uh you know to be to be to look like real news but i mean you know the thing is that news companies themselves had quite a big uh infrastructure dedicated to making sure and and in fact you know norms of behavior for journalists to make sure that by and large that there was not you know complete and utter rubbish coming out in the newspaper the difference now is of course is that uh, anyone um can set up a website call it a newspaper and put whatever the hell they like on there so, so hold on i mean i think maybe to paraphrase what you were saying the difference is is freddie star ain't my hamster no one's kind of meant to believe that or may, maybe it's slightly tongue-in-cheek anyway whereas something like um hillary clinton is involved in a child abuse ring or something like that is perhaps meant to be real and people are meant to believe it so maybe that's one thing but the second thing is is that well what's changed and if there's always been fake news around isn't it that there's just a, a greater prevalence of of different channels from which from one whereby where people get their news from um but also two and this is a point i'm not sure on the and we've talked about before is is that there's more division or there's more partition in where people get their news from so someone might be getting all their fake news, all their news from one area that's all fake. Is, is that is that something as well? Yeah, so think, let's I, have Peter. I think you're right. I think there's something there, Fraser. I think, uh, and relating to Chris's point about the social media being a major channel for information that people consume, um, there is a, there's, it's well understood that people, um, it's easier. It's just cognitively less hard to assume, assimilate information that already backs up a particular particular bias or particular point of view that you've got so it's so there's going to be a natural market for uh people wanting uh, to be told a certain thing so all one has to do is set up a website making more of that stuff and it will have it will meet success um i think it also relates to the this sort of this anti-expert um uh, agenda that's going on where maybe you know you maybe you're you're and you'll you have an anti-establishment point of view because of recent uh, recent events, you want to you want to seek out a, a source that not necessarily backs up your point of view, but an alternative source that's not at the Times or the BBC. Um, so a sort of uh, a, an independent, inverted commas, news um, website. But I think there's also a so social element that with social media, perhaps you're more likely to take on board stuff that your friends and family share with you. Uh, and they they will have a, the information that comes from them will have a higher weighting than stuff that comes from a, a news source that you've not not have no personal relationship with. Well, actually, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I know you're about to come in, Chris, but let's do a quick survey. So, has anyone here ever read any bit of news which then turned out to be what everyone said? Well, actually, this is fake news. Has anyone here has that read it or believed it? Read it. Well, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Read it, no, but read it, not sort of reading about it being fake news, but actually read something and go, oh, wow, that's happened. And then, or is it, could that really be true? Yeah, but if as soon as it looks exciting enough, the, I think the first test is always, is, is the first time hearing about this from some link on Facebook? You know, that's the first test. If, if something really astounding 
only appears on my Facebook feed and not, for example, through, you know, I haven't heard it on the radio or somebody hasn't emailed it to me or something. Um, that's the first test. But you, all, they, everyone should always immediately go to uh, Snopes or to go to PolitiFact or some other fact-checking website to check those things. I've not and even... I always do. I mean, whenever it's if it's exciting enough for me to say to someone, hey, did you hear about this thing? I always check it first. But and a lot on. of the time it's, you know, it does turn out to be. And do you see this true. on your Facebook feed first? Yeah, yeah, you see, I mean, who do, you get I've loads never, of things. I've never seen any fake news on my Facebook feed. That you know of. <laughs> that I know I mean, of. I think, I think Nick's uh, a clickbait hab- uh, got a clickbait habit. Yeah. He's picked up loads of... Uh, I'm just worried well, about actually, what you're uh, subscribing no, to No, I tell you, I, I, well, I can answer that. I'm actually, actually the, Snopes, uh, the Snopes Facebook page. I don't know what Snopes um, is. What Snopes, Snopes is the premier urban myth checking website. So you need to, it should be on your favourites list. Um, and uh, because I subscribe to that group, there's always millions of people saying, you know, oh, is, is there any truth to this? And it's a link to some web page saying that Barack Obama is actually, you know, a lizard. Yeah. And uh, so I see quite not. a lot. Yeah, I see quite a lot of this stuff. Right. You know? So sorry, I'm sorry. I really want to come to you, Chris. Sorry, but but I just, isn't that, I, I'm going to make a statement, which is, I don't think I will ever be victim to fake news. Okay. And the reason why is because I get my news from about four different places, all of which I trust pretty much and are generally established to be pretty trustworthy. And I just don't get it from anywhere else. So I can't see how I would ever be susceptible to this. The Mirror... The, the yeah, Daily Sport, Daily Mail, <laughs> uh, the Dandy. But, no, but I think, yeah, I mean, there are quite there are quite often cases of um, faked news stories getting into the mainstream press and being propagated by the mainstream press. So I don't I don't think that you know in, insulates you entirely from from fake news. Um, I think uh, to me, uh, what I think we're really experiencing is a naivety about a new technology that we will soon be over. I think fake fake news is going to die quite quickly because I think people will spot spot the signs of it. I mean, when we were saying this is a new thing, it's it's opposing as official uh, and it's, it, you know, it's trying to put itself across as official news. And I thought straight away back to, um, you know, political pamphleting. And um, if anyone's read um, Gore Vidal's novel Burr, where he talks all about the, um, the in fact, the, the narrator is a sort of political um pamphleteer he he writes you know uh, um sort of scandalous information about about politicians uh and um you know there was there was a real industry in sort of post uh post-revolutionary u.s politics of creating fake fake news about political um uh you know sort of actors and um and I dare say what happened was people evolved their sense of what was real and what wasn't real and perhaps moved, you know, back towards some verified way of, of checking news and uh, objectivity and, and journalistic uh, integrity perhaps became more valued after a spate of this type of thing than they were previously. And I, I think that's what we will uh, we will see with fake news is that people will start to use heuristics like did I get this directly from my Facebook page or did I get it through some other source? And we'll start to, to become attuned to what, what, what the flavour of fake news sort of seems like. But for me, the most concerning thing is that we're not a long way away from somebody being able to entirely create um, a fake video. And in fact, there's a, there's a good example of this in, uh, in Iraq fairly recently of... Um, uh, an explosion which um, happens and then um, individuals run past the explosion and lie down on the floor and pretend to 
pretend to be injured um and that's then filmed and this gets into into the news so i, I you know i think um being able to see things with our own eyes that are not true is is going to be a, a um a real change in in, in our ability to yeah i mean i think if we think about the theory of deception for a sec um i mean there, there's there's actually sort of two things you can do what you're trying to do is induce some kind of decision error on someone's part so whether that's you know sticking your military forces in the wrong part of france or um getting someone to vote for you or uh getting you to bet when you should be folding in poker or um even just buying an inferior product in the shops there's t- there's two things you can do you can either try you can th- th- there's sort of straightforward imitation where you're trying to induce a false belief in someone's mind so you're trying to make them believe something which isn't true um uh, in other words sort of shift their their the probability that they put on various things so that all of the all of the probability is somewhere else so you know classic example would be trying to trying to convince someone that you know there aren't tanks in one forest and that the tanks are somewhere else um something like operation mincemeat you know when they when they implanted uh during the war when the when the british planted false information about where the invasion of europe was going to be on um you know on a dead body and and let the let the effectively let the germans you know find that information um there's but there's also uh obfuscation now that that's hard so imitation is really hard but there's also obfuscation which is basically trying to reduce the information value of signals across the board um so you know kind of example of that would be something like chaff uh, which is what uh, airplanes spray out to try and confuse heat-seeking missiles they don't try and make the missile think the plane's somewhere else what they do is just is they just make it impossible for the for the plane for the missile to know which part of the sky uh, the plane is actually in you know and that's actually i think that's the that's the effect you know when you have this dilution that's the that's the effect of of fake news at the moment um but the interesting thing is that it always goes in that direction so you can't do operation mincemeat twice right because as soon as people realize it's a deception and it's possible to do that deception then all it does is next time people go well this might be true or it might not we don't know this could be deception it could be real and you know the the point is that up until fairly recently you could more or less trust things on the internet um we've got to the stage now where people have realized oh actually there's lots of people out there trusting things on the internet um i think just like as chris was saying just like the boy who cried wolf you know eventually you realize that that the signals you'd previously interpreted as a reliable news story can be produced very easily by something which is not true so we're going to end up in a a situation where effectively you can't trust anything on the internet and we have to come up with ways of creating that trust or, or sort of reinventing that trust but that that there is always that evolution you know things that start out as imitation just end up eventually it creating obfuscation but i think there's a problem with your analysis but i'll come back to that in a moment peter and, and i think that that's where technology and social action will have a big part to play so technology for so if you want to verify a, 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 a video is real um, you can encode it in such a way that you can prove that the video came from a certain place, has not been edited, and has not been changed. Uh, in the same way that you can verify bank transfers on the internet, so technology is a part to play there. But the uh, services such as Snopes could extend, uh, and there may be such things already, but some sort of browser plugin that gives you a kind of red, uh, red, amber, green warning on on news websites about how trustworthy they are based on historical. Pro- uh, historical performance in terms of accuracy and 
predictive power, then the, the, these were the, these are things that uh, lots of people would be very willing to pay for, and so there's a market to create one. Okay. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, but as you were speaking, Nick, one thing that occurred to me is that your analogy works well if we assume that we're all rational actors, right? And that we're interested in the veracity of, of, of our news sources. But what about, um, to use your example, it maybe it doesn't translate very well, but if the, if the rocket or the person who manufactured the rocket or fires the rocket doesn't care if it shoots down a plane, what if that person, all they want is for the rocket to explode? Okay. Now, you probably actually wouldn't want that, but let's just assume that for the moment because I think a potential issue here is the um and the point i'm trying to make is this is all very well if you want your if 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 you want to read news and be sure that it's accurate but what if you're more um interested in reading the kind of news that confirms your views and that's really all you care about yeah if you're a moron i've got i don't have anything to say to you but the don't problem is this podcast i right. don't no 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 no, no I, but okay. no i agree I, there's no, many people out if, there who so don't what's the care problem? if their news is true right? sure but that's my point what's the I problem don't... if you've got millions of morons um, who voting for for the wrong thing or for a poor option? So, isn't there a wider systemic issue? Is is if 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 you want to cure your society of believing fake news, if you've got yeah, millions of morons I, voting I know for the wrong that, thing? I, I know st- it might look a bit like I'm being a metropolitan elite here, so I need to be careful. But um, I, I look, there's always been people who who are it's where it's more you know politics and belief in inverted commas is more about tribal affiliation than it is about, um, you know, trying to believe things that are true. That's not going to change. I mean, that's always going to be there. I, I don't think that I don't think that's our target market, really, when we're trying to fix fake news, um, because, you know, you always you we've there's but there's been, you know, I mean, conspiracy theories and and uh, uh, other kinds of, you know, persistent false beliefs around for for decades. And, you know, people believe those things because they like it, not not because they'd like it to be true, not because they think it actually is. Sure. I want to come to Peter, but all I would say is I'm, I'm just worried that there's more morons around these days than there used to be. That's all I want to say. Um, Peter. Well, I mean, I, I don't think we need to fix it. To pick up, spit on Nick's point. I mean, the, what the objection I think you have, Fraser, is when when things masquerade as news, which are actually just fiction, um, it's just, it's just a for, it's a new form of entertainment. You can see it that like that. It's just a sort of a way that people um, uh, get a distraction from what's actually going on in the world. The the problem is is when they use it to inform decisions that affect other people. Uh, and that's 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 at the point where technology and legislation things need to intervene to to to, to uh, redress that balance. But if if people are happy to read uh, christianscience.com or, or whatever that that, that 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 gives them a particular point of view that reinforces a particular point of view let them why not but at the point where they they are in charge of uh, defying some piece of policy that affects millions of people's health care then we should care it's like well what sources do you use to inform this decision what was the process you went through maybe maybe we should consider using other other sources well, i think we we worry if the the person if someone ends up voting for the sort of person who might make those incorrect decisions, that's what worries me. Chris? Yeah, well, I, I, I just think it's very difficult to separate uh, the creation and uh, um, or indoctrination into a belief system, whatever that, whatever that is, uh, through these types of information. And then suddenly to say, OK, now now this is this is a real world decision. I'm now going to forget whatever my prejudices are that 
have been I, I don't think they see I don't think they compartmentalize their world in that way and I I, I think um, I think it is sort of it is something we should be concerned about the the veracity of um, information and and uh, people's ability to separate something that is generally accepted by society to be correct and something which has been entirely made up um, i think but my, i mean my take on this is 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 it's education policy that's that's what i think but anyway look we need to wrap up um i want a conclusion from someone uh nick well i suppose it is you know we're in a situation where we are discovering that you know actually the internet is just like any other information channel you can you can make you can you you know you can make things that look like uh they've come from one thing uh but haven't you know that every, every information channel is vulnerable to that we're just sort of waking up i think collectively to the fact that um you know the fact that the internet makes it makes it if anything easier it's quite a low bandwidth uh you know form of communication because most of it is words um so we're gonna but the solution just like we have managed to come up with ways of um of uh making of of, provi- of working out which types of information are credible we we will have to come up with a sort of technological solution for this. I think Peter's idea about, you know, a kind of set, some sort of centralized approach, I don't think is, I, I'm, I'm not sure that's sustainable on the internet because it's just so hard to regulate. But I think there, there may be, you know, systems yet to emerge where, you know, people can actually perhaps prove, you know, prove their identity in some way. Um, and that, you know, certain people's judgment or past record is such that they've proven good at judging which things are are real and which things are fake and you know we can rely on those so instead of having one centralized agency we effectively collectively kind of decide um on you know who to trust and uh you know if some if if someone has just rated something as if you know if a hundred new um accounts suddenly appear and rate something as reliable but you've never heard of these accounts before you know that we shouldn't put very much weight on that. So I think I think it's a kind of collective collective judgment process that we need to we need to work out how to solve. Okay, Peter, but I, I still think that leaves the issue of what if lots of people don't care about whether they're getting it well, correct. Yeah, but what or can not? we do about that? I don't. Yeah, no, we can't. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure we ever will be no, able to uh, solve sure. that. We, we can't. We, Pe- I don't think we're in anyone's in the business of telling people what to think. Uh, but if people are, uh, want to be easily led, then let then let them. You know, they're they're not going to be the sorts of people who. I worry about the consequences of, of that, though. Yeah, but Fraser, they're not going to be listening to this podcast. Well, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I know that, but, but I just worry about I just I just worry about millions of people voting for the wrong thing. I don't know. Look, um, well, I think that the, the, I think there are there are just to finish there are um, to, to the, the education point. I think there is an education point. There is there's a point about helping people and empowering people to be cynical about things that they read and see and what and then instilling people a, a desire to fact check for themselves and i think um the real inverted commas news websites could do a lot that they don't currently do there's a i, I know having doing doing normal reading on news websites and things there's a there's a there's a uh, a trend to once you've got a reader capture them and keep them there and often they re- they cite other s- newspapers other things but never actually include a link to the thing on the website that it, just doing that simple thing would make it much easier for people to verify whether or not something is actually true just just very quickly i, I just want to say i think um you know actually uh, we we spoke about it earlier on you know 
um, <clears throat> these websites tend to send you to something else that looks like what you've just read. So here's another video of the same flavor that you've just you've just seen. I'd like to see these technologies start to say, here's here's the opposite point of view. Here's here's something you know very different from what you've just just looked at, and and to try and build that behavior in. Unfortunately, there's precisely the sorts of um, organizations that would take that rigorous approach are the kind of ones are the opposite of the ones that are saying the fake news if you see what i mean it's kind of a self but they still have to use a platform you know a widely used platform which uh you know like youtube or whatever it might be and those those platforms themselves could could instigate something similar. i mean it's an arms race of course you know we will always be locked in this uh, deceivers and sort of decoders arms race and even let's assume that chris's suggestion takes off and every website that we trust has to have some link to something we you know we disagree or which which kind of disagrees with that what was on that web page you know fake news will just come up with a way of making it look like they've done that hmm. we'll, we'll have to finish there but what i'd like to say is that um uh, apologies nick and it was remiss of me for not saying congratulations because i know you you've got a leave here quite quickly because uh, congratulations on being the finalist in um in miss world uh representing england on that so yes and i'm i'm get on the, on my way to the queen's funeral actually yes so yes. yes busy day okay um thank you everyone you've been listening to the cognitive engineering podcast with aleph insights with nick Hare, chris rag and peter coghill and myself Fraser mcgura um thank you for listening as always and until next time bye-bye <laughs>